From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, hanging out. We're talking a little hoops today. Brandon, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was great. Got out in the yard, did a little yard work, did some tilling. Have you ever done any tilling? I've done some tilling. I've done some tilling. That doesn't sound like a great weekend, frankly. I was tilling like a villain. <laughs> nice. Was it as hot this weekend while you were tilling as it is in here today in the studio? No, it was nice. It was good. It was good to go ahead and get out before this rain hit. So I planted some stuff, you know, tried out my green thumb for this year. Nice. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. That's exciting stuff, man. Compelling. <laughs> I can tell by your, the look on your face. That's really exciting. So the Sunday night ball game. Celtics, Cavs, America expected Cavaliers to go up 3-0 and blow the Celtics out as they came to Cleveland for the first time. Cavaliers came into the game a perfect 10-0 in the playoffs, and uh, Boston turned the, turned the world on zero. What happened? I think a lot of things happened. I think Cleveland, as a team, looked past the Celtics. Um, I do think that there was – some some strategizing, some strategizing on the behalf of this is when I make you laugh on the behalf of LeBron James. Really? Yes. He wanted to stay, you know, loose and fresh, work some things out. Well, okay. First of all, if you didn't watch the game last night, Cleveland has a what twenty one point lead. Mm-hmm. I think maybe in the third quarter, maybe. Yep. And they blow it. Um, Celtics start shooting out of their mind. Uh, Smart, I guess, has 27 points. And LeBron basically went away, right? Well, I, I thought he was doing his James Harden impression. <laughs> I, he nailed it, by the way. I did think, yeah, Harden somehow possessed his body, like body snatchers or something like that. But, um, yeah, so I here's I know yesterday we were on the phone and you were begging me to tie in UNC basketball into our show today. So I'm going to I do that a little bit of that. That's what I do, man. I beg. I, I can't get enough UNC basketball. LeBron James knows that he cannot beat the Golden State Warriors by, him, by himself. He can't ISO and just beat them by himself. Maybe one game, but not the best team with the best record who's added, oh, another MVP. So what I think he did was – he did a little overkill in, tr- in terms of trying to get the other players involved into the game. And how I played this into, and I think you have some sound that I heard from the presser last night, is that they feel like they need to play desperate like the Celtics did last night. And um, I just, so if you have that sound, go ahead and play it now. Guys, John Tellich, you're Fox 8. LeBron, you guys are up 21 points. What, what happened? What, what factors led to uh, Boston coming back at you? Uh, momentum. Uh, momentum. We didn't continue to press the tempo. Um, you know, Marcus Smart started, started to hit a lot of threes. They started to get momentum. And uh, that's what happened. You give a little team, I mean, you give a team a life. And um, you know, they played so freely without IT. And uh, they just made play after play after play. And we couldn't weather the storm. LeBron, you had a tough uh, second half with just uh, three points. What were some of the factors that led to that? Were you as aggressive as you wanted to be? What would you say? I had a tough game, period. Not just in the second half. Um, me personally, I didn't have it. 
You know, my teammates did a great job of keeping us in the game, building that lead, but me personally, I didn't have it. All right, so what you're suggesting is that LeBron tanked in the second half, scored three points on purpose, let the Celtics come back from a 21-point third-quarter deficit in Cleveland to get the Cavaliers' attention. Okay, so the sound that you just played isn't the one that I heard from the same presser, and maybe we'll have that for you a little bit later. But what he talks about is I almost think he didn't mean to say it out loud, but he says, I'm glad it happened this way. He's actually happy that it happened this way. And the way I'm going to tie it into Carolina basketball is that Royal Williams, since he's been at North Carolina, has not ever come close to threatening for an undefeated season. 2009 is the closest he came in. Bomani Jones said that they were going to run the table and they lost the next two straight. But Roy Williams, it's one of his things that he has his team, he throws them to the Wolves. He has his team lose one early so he can get their attention every year. And it's usually just some team that shouldn't even be on the same court with him. And LeBron James, I feel like part of what – yeah, he had an off game, but part of it was like I can't beat Golden State without these guys being engaged. And, hey, it wouldn't hurt for us to lose one. Okay, so what you're saying is that when they beat the Celtics in game two by 42 points – that nobody else from the Cavaliers team was engaged. No, everybody was. Okay, sure. then what? What are you trying to do? Well, I mean, they they could they were throwing into the ocean. They were just hot. Sometimes you get so hot you can't be stopped. Well, you know who wasn't hot? LeBron in the second half, sixteen thirty six. He went to end the game with zero points. Well, and it's it's interesting to me that just as the conversation really starts to get interesting, and truth be told. I told you yesterday, we've never seen LeBron play like this. Maybe he has closed the gap. Maybe if he gets past this Golden State team, he is the greatest player of all time because the run that he had been on in the playoffs up to this point, it's uncharted territory. Right. And then he comes out and he lays an egg in game three at home with a team that's playing shorthanded, and Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley lead the way and the Celtics shock the world. I don't I, – I think you're reading too much into this personally. Hmm. But I do like the fact that you're loyal and you go to bat for your guy like that. I just think it's nonsense. Well, I mean, it's funny. I was listening to Stephen A. Smith on the Mike and Mike and uh, – not Mike Greenberg, but Mike uh, – what's his name? Golick. Golick. He asked Stephen A. Smith, what does a game like this do to LeBron James' legacy? And I just crack up. I'm like – you and I should be in that on that show asking questions, questions that are better than Golick's question. What do you mean, what's it going to do to his legacy? He's just going to turn around and be the best player that's ever lived in game four and, you know, rip their hearts out. The, here's the, the stat that I'm looking at. LeBron James played 45 minutes last night. He took 13 shots. 13 shots. It's not like he took 30 and it just it wasn't falling for him. He took 13 shots. You have to make a decision going into a game if you're going to shoot less than 15 times if you're LeBron James. Okay. Michael Jordan played 179 playoff games in his career. 179. How many times in that 179 playoff appearances for Michael Jordan did he go for fewer than 15 points? I have no idea. Zero. Not once. 
Only six times in 179 playoff games did Michael Jordan score less than 20 points. At the end of the game, and I don't care if if LeBron hadn't scored for the last 15 minutes and 59 seconds, but to go 16-plus minutes with no points, and then down the stretch, when they need a bucket to win a ball game at home and close this thing out, LeBron disappears. And I'm not I'm not going, I'm not jumping on board. LeBron, you know, scared of the last shot, LeBron chokes, LeBron this, LeBron that. What I'm saying is, is that when you talk about the when we have the conversation about Jordan v. LeBron, there are things that you see LeBron do on occasion, like happened on Sunday night, that you never, ever, ever saw Jordan do. Right. And that's where when you talk about his legacy, we're not talking about his legacy. Harden had a legacy game in game six when he decided not to show up. Right. That is a game that will define James Harden for a very long time. And he's got a long road to go to to overcome that. Okay. LeBron's legacy is going to be one of the top three players in NBA history. But to pretend that a performance like this on a national stage in a game that matters doesn't impact that when you're talking about the slimmest of margins between Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, it does affect his legacy. And and frankly, that's part of what separates Kobe from Jordan is that Kobe's got those nights where he came out and went, you know, four for 18. In big moments, you, you've got to do better. You've got to be that guy that puts the team on your back. And I also, I have an issue with the disrespect from everyone for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. This is not LeBron and a bunch of flunkies. We're forgetting that pre-LeBron, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were the franchise players on their team before LeBron showed up. You know, Cavaliers were in place to build a team around Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins, the very first pick in the draft. And traded him away to bring in Kevin Love, who everybody in America, you know, every team wanted Kevin Love. He was the franchise guy out in Minnesota. Yeah, There were teams all over the place trying to bring him in and build a team around him. You've got those three guys. And, yes, they're standing in a very, very long shadow with LeBron James there. But let's not pretend that it's, you know, Jordan pre-Pippin pre-Horace Grant where it was him against the world, you know, putting 63 up against the the Boston Celtics. This is not that. That Cleveland team that won a championship last year is probably one of the best 10 teams in NBA history, maybe top five. When you look personnel-wise, you know, you've got the stars, plenty of star power there with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, but you've also got Tristan Thompson, you've got J.R. Smith, Shumpert, those guys that are great role players come in, they play unselfish basketball, they've added Kyle Corver to the mix. This is a heck of a ball club. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I completely agree. What I will say is this. Um, even watching it, yeah, I do. I'm yelling at the screen going, LeBron, just take take it to the rack, shoot the rock. You know what I mean? I mean, as a fan of his, I would have liked for him to take it over, but, you know, it just – he decided that he didn't want to do it. And who am I to question a guy who's that, who's got a basketball IQ like LeBron James? I just felt bad that Tristan Thompson's game was wasted. That double double, 
he was pretty amazing and dominant. But I'll also remind you something that Stephen A. Smith reminded me on the way over here to the studios that Can you, you yell it for me, please? No. I'm not I'm not even gonna try Stephen A. right now. But uh what I will say is that when remember when um the Bulls played the Portland Trailblazers in the finals? Yep. There was one game that Michael Jordan was tanking, not tanking, but just not Michael Jordan in the first half. What what did Phil Jackson do? He takes the starters out, takes Jordan out, their role players go out, put on a run, and it gives Jordan a chance to come up off the bench where he had been sat by his coach, and he actually turned it on late in the game. People seem to forget that Michael Jordan – as great as he was, he was human too. I mean, it's not like he was perfect in every single game. Okay, that Trailblazer team he played against. Did Clyde Drexler play in that game? I'm not sure. I'm sure that he did. That's my point. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, Brandon, I appreciate your analogy before the break. All right, that yes, there was a game in the finals with the with the Trailblazers, and Jordan was you know having an off night. They took him out. The stubs came in. They made a run. There's just a couple breakdowns here though with your logic. First of all, who won that ball game? The Bulls. Oh, all right. Yeah, the I mean, Bulls won that because Jordan came back in, did his thing at the end of the game. They won that. But you're talking about a a Blazers team that was stacked. Versus this Celtics team, and, and maybe this is the question that needs to be asked. You are a big basketball fan, a huge basketball fan. You have been for years and years and years and years and years. Is What are the chances, mathematically, that Michael Jordan and his Bulls would have lost to the Celtics without their best player at home in the playoffs? Would it have happened? One game? Yes. I think anything could happen. It sure. It never happened. There is no court. There, there's nothing like this that ever happened to Jordan in the playoffs. And when you're talking about one game, yeah, I mean, Bulls would have taken the series, but yeah, anything can happen. If you have a desperate team that loses their star, they got nothing to lose, it's time to do a man check. Basically, you're. 
You're testing someone's manhood here. They're getting laughed at at Cleveland's house. And then at some point, you just have nothing to lose. They're a desperate team. And I give them a lot of credit for at least showing up and, well, and kudos not going to, away. Kudos to Boston for showing up because they could have mailed it in, which is kind of what everybody expected. With no Isaiah Thomas, you know, it would have been easy for them to justify go in there, get blown out by 35. And it looked for a little bit like that was going to happen. But they did man up, like you said, and gave us a show. Now, have they done any more than just prolong the inevitable? I doubt it. You know, they're going to go down, and that's what I thought would happen is they'd go out 4-1. They'd figure out a way to, to get a game and, you know, and throw in there that LeBron has a tendency to just kind of take some time off. But it, the difference when we talk about legacy, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with what Mike Golick said. This is the type thing when you look into the tiny bits and pieces, the details, the nuances of legacy, these are the type things that you look at. Um, because the comparisons, it, it's just a micro-thin distance between Jordan and LeBron. And this was not a good night for LeBron. I do appreciate that you came in talking about that as some kind of grand scheme strategizing. But People, back, to, back to the point I was making about the Cavaliers team is I'm, I'm really getting tired of this. The national media and a lot of the talking heads are setting the stage – and calling this Western Conference series and champion Golden State Warrior team one of the greatest teams of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand their logic. However, let's keep this all in perspective. Two years ago, the Golden State Warriors were everybody's darling. You know, it was a it was a team that kind of came out of nowhere. Steph Curry was fun to watch. They win a they win a title. Last year, they come out as prohibitive favorites to, you know, challenge to repeat, at least coming out of the West. They win 72 ball games. I think it's 73. 73, 73 games, my, my mistake. They win 73 ball games. They look for all intents and purposes like the champions. They run up into the Cavaliers. They blow a game seven. And we were talking about legacy. The legacy for that Warriors team shifts dramatically. You know, you go. You're talking about repeat champions. That's one thing. You're talking about a team that got one, lost another. Well, that's a great team, but that's not one of the greatest teams. Now, this 73 win team goes and essentially takes Harrison Barnes off of their squad, replaces him with the Black Falcon. <laughs> the Black Falcon, Harrison Barnes gone. Kevin Durant in. Mm-hmm. So the thought process is, well, we're taking, you know, the 73-win team and we're making it even better. All right. Let's look at a couple of things first here. You can't just anoint this Golden State team as one of the greatest teams of all time. It doesn't work that way. If you want to crown them, crown them. No, you can't crown them. You can't crown them. How many rings did Charles Barkley get when he went to the Houston Rockets? Zero. All right. Remember when when Charles showed up? This is the team that's going to beat Jordan. You know how you know Hakeem, Drexler, Barkley, unbeatable. They didn't even get to the NBA Finals. Also, I want to address something real quick on the Golden State game that I saw the other night. But first, I want to hit you up with a public service announcement. Bradley from the Celtics. Okay, he hits that last second shot that ended the game. When your ball hits every piece of the rim and the backboard, and it 
like bounces eight times Leprechaun and drops style. in. You cannot leave your hand up like you're a cold-blooded assassin like he did. Did you know? That was that? awesome. I was thinking the same thing because he's looking at it like I got this hand in the air and the thing's bounding around. But I give it to Avery Bradley because he was cool and never stopped backing up, you know, checking it out, hand in the air, great moment. And if you if you get that ISO without that ball bounding around the rim, it's a great shot. But no, you, you're not allowed to hang with your hand in the air when that no, thing's bounding no. around. It hit, hits every part of the backboard rim and everything else. Yeah, you can't leave it up That's there. a rule. Yeah. I like but it. But anyway, what I saw in the Golden State game was kind of interesting. And what I was focusing on, it was Kevin Durant's best, what, playoff game maybe okay. up until this point. I can't remember. He may have had 19. You're talking about this year, right? This year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. And I just saw a team that has too many mouths to feed. Look at look at Steph Curry. Where did he end up in the All-NBA voting? I, he wasn't first team, right? No. Why do you think that is? Uh, because he, he, James Harden played out of his mind all year. Well, no, I mean, there's a reason why he's not first team, and it's because most likely Kevin Durant is eating into his offense a little bit. That You have to pass that. He's not necessarily – I don't know what he does in assists, but I don't think of him as a distributor. Well, he's not. Ball. He's a score-first point guard. But when you when – you, you know, your, your function as a point guard still is to distribute the ball and get it to the people that are going to put it in the basket. Right. All right. Steph Curry – this year, when it look at it from a number standpoint, this is kind of the same conversation we had with the MVP award. Right. All right. It's the best MVP not named, or the best player not named LeBron James. Okay. Here's the question that you pose again. You can look at the numbers and you go off, well, who was the most productive this year? Or you can look at who's the best. If you're the GM of the Houston Rockets and Golden State calls and says, hey, we'll trade you Steph Curry for James Harden straight up, do you take Curry over Harden? I would. Oh, most people would. Yep. Okay, So yeah, but you, you have to acknowledge the production on the floor, and that that's numbers. Well, I think that goes We back. don't trust our eyes anymore. It's all about the numbers. This is an analytic society we live in, and as it applies to sports world, you know, Moneyball has, has taken over every league and it's all about the numbers. We don't trust our eyes anymore. Well, just, just so you understand, I'm like supporting your argument about Barkley going to Houston. Like, I mean, I remember Olajuwon, Drexler, and Barkley doing an interview, and they were all like, this season's a wrap. You know what I mean? They knew, they thought they were going to take it on. I'm, I'm just saying that he went there probably a little late in his career. He oh, went yeah, there. yeah, for sure. He wasn't in his prime. And uh that's what I'm seeing a little bit with Golden State. You have two MVPs, a, def- a defensive player of the year, and then you're not even talking about Lance Thomas, who's like can shoot lights out, probably one of the best three-point shooters in the league, maybe in the you know top 20 of the history of the league, maybe. But you put Who did you just call Clay Thompson? What you... Lance Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. You My just bad. called him Lance Thomas. He's Lance. I'm like, Lance Thomas. Thomas. Is he a wide receiver? I don't, I don't know. But that Clay was Thompson. Good God. Let me get some coffee. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm trying to say is that you put that much talent on a team, it doesn't make it a team. No. And I saw Durant. Durant had a little swagger this last game like, oh, y'all forgot I'm that dude. And then you can't all be that dude on the same team. And when you run into a team like Cleveland in the finals, which I I completely believe that that's who they're going to run into, 
that that could be ten, potentially be a problem. Everybody on Cleveland knows their role. Even Kyrie. I mean, you you see LeBron barking orders at Kyrie all the time. But on Golden State, there's a lot of miles that feed on that team. Well, there definitely are. And you're right that it hasn't really solidified, and you don't know what you're going to get coming out of the box. But I want to make sure that we don't overstate the talent level on this Golden State team. Now, here, here's, the, here's the deal. If Golden State gets into the final, well, if Golden State gets in the finals, when Golden State if gets Lance in the finals, if Thomas is on the team, if he's going to be Thomas in comes out there, it's going to be on. <laughs> so when Golden State gets their crack at the Cavaliers this time around, okay, if they win this championship and they win it convincingly, then maybe we can have the conversation and we can look and say, man, Curry, Thompson, Green, Durant, with Iguodala coming off the bench. This team is, you know, in NBA the legitimate also. conversation as an all-time great team. Now, if they run off another two or three, then we're having the conversation, is this, you know, could this be the greatest team of all time? But when you look at this team, this team is flawed. They do some things very well. And the you know the adage is well the, you know you trade three for two three for two three for two dude that you're subject to go cold from three point land at any time sure but when you play an outside in game the way that Golden State does they don't have a post presence the 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 thing that they've got going for them right now in this day and age in this year is that there is no Tim Duncan for them to get passed out west there is no dominant big man in the East. But that's not going to be the case very much longer. I assure you that. Because as much as we like to, you know, put the ball in the in the perimeter shooter's hands, let them light it up, a big post presence will make a difference. And I don't know if it's Carl Anthony Towns coming down the pipe. I don't know if Demarcus Cousins is finally going to get to a team that can that can play some real basketball. I don't know where it's coming from. But you're not going to play with an undersized power forward as your only real post player. And be you know sustain sustain success for an extended period. It's just not going to happen. Well, and Golden State's beaten a lot of teams with their defense. I don't know how if you've noticed that too. People are just now start talking about their defense has really it's better than it's been. Maybe because don't um, you add Durant? He's longer. He can defend a couple of different positions. But their defense has been really really exceptional. But then when you run into a Cleveland that can fill it up. You, what does that mean? You, we ha, we're about to see a matchup that we haven't really even seen. Even Love is different from last year. I, I agree. Kevin Love is playing as good a basketball as he's played since he got to Cleveland right now, and he's showing people what Kevin Love was supposed to have been since he arrived. Now, when we come back, we're going to try and put this into perspective. Stay with us. You're listening to Chris and Brandon on the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. And now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. What happened? I mean, it hurts. Uh, it's a loss in the postseason, but you know, I, I'm glad it kind of hurt, uh, happened the way it did. You know, uh, let our foot off the gas a little bit. You know, didn't keep the, the pressure on them like we have been accustomed to it. But you know, we have to play a lot better. You know, we have to play a lot better in Game Four. So I'm glad it. I mean, if it was gonna happen, let's ha- let it happen now. Let us let us regroup. You know. Uh, let us regroup and all the narrative and everything that was going on. Let's regroup and let's get back to um, playing desperate basketball, which they did tonight. They definitely played de- desperate basketball. That's LeBron talking about the Celtics in Sunday night's game to uh, Celtics able to pull it to 2-1 uh, as they came back from the depths of hell down 21 in the third quarter. And LeBron disappeared. But here's the question I have again for you. If you're looking at big three in the NBA, Brandon, big three, if you've Golden State, you've got Curry, Durant, and take your pick. Depends on how you look at it, whether it's Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I'm going to go with Green because he's a, he's a transformational type guy because of what he's able to do for you. So if you look at Durant, Curry, Green, what team in the NBA has the next best big three? Playing right now, um, you'd have to say Cleveland. Okay. Then why in the world is everybody talking about LeBron versus the Golden State Warriors? Nobody's talking about Curry versus the Cavs or Durant versus the Cavs. The distance between that Golden State big three and that Cavalier big three is not much. And we forget that two or three years ago, Golden State was trying to deal Clay Thompson as part of a package – to bring in Kevin Love. That was what was supposed to put him over the top. And Clay Thompson begged to stay. And and history is, you know, played out the way it's played out, but we're pretending that this Cavalier this Cavalier team is, you know, well, let me LeBron take James and the Sisters of Mercy against the rest of the world and it's just not that way. Let me take a stab at it. I'm not saying it's necessarily in my opinion, but you take a team that won 73 games last year. And How many put, championships did that 73-win team win? None. All right. But then you add Kevin Durant, probably one of the best players that's ever lived. Um, and that then you have the Golden State Warriors, as they currently are. LeBron James, if you want to go to the finals, get LeBron James on your team. He leaves the Cavs. He's been to the finals, finals with the Cavs. He goes to the Heat. He goes immediately to the finals. Then he goes to Cleveland, finals. And I think that's why the narrative is created about LeBron James versus Golden State because he didn't, he wasn't added to a team with 73 wins. Okay, Kevin Durant. He went Durant. there and they were instantly into the finals. Okay, time out for just a second. Let's, let's pump the brakes just a second. Kevin Durant, former MVP, Kevin Durant is a sensational offensive player. How many appearances in the NBA Finals does Kevin Durant have in his entire career? I believe it was one. 
They, they he got whooped is what got Tarden shipped out of. Uh, um, where where did Harden when they were playing Durant? I'm just the name escapes me. The team name, Cleveland. The Thunder. The Thunder. Yeah, the Cleveland Thunder. beat them in the finals. It, Harden it, that disappeared. Was the Thunder. That was the team that featured Lance Thomas. <laughs> Lance at, Thomas, at shooting yeah. guard. More coffee, please. But hey, just <laughs> but that's my point. And to your bigger point, when's the last time we've seen a big three, but that was as good as Westbrook, Harden, and Durant? We haven't, and that didn't work out. Because well, that, that finals that you're talking it about. It didn't work but, out because you're talking about three guys there that don't play defense. And it's one thing that we've, we're enamored with these guys that can shoot the three and fill up a stat sheet. But there's more to basketball than just that. Because if it was the case, you just take the best three scorers in the league, mush them together, and they, they come out and do their thing. You know, you were talking about role players earlier. When you look at those, those Miami Heat teams, when was the last time there was a big three? Well, I don't know. LeBron. D. Wade, Chris Bosh. And Chris Bosh went from a franchise all-NBA type player in Toronto to an afterthought on those Miami Heat teams who was a threat, who played a role, who changed his game so that they could win rings. And whether or not this Golden State team is able to do that remains to be seen because they've gotten a they've gotten a a, a pass. In the Western Conference, with Kai, we with with Kawhi Leonard going down. Mm-hmm. You take Tony Parker off that team. You take Kawhi Leonard off that team. That that Spurs team is a six or a seven seed at best. <laughs> One of their best players is Manu Ginobili. Who's yes, like who's thirty nine years old, heading into retirement. And that's I love the you know what are the keys to the game? Well, Manu Ginobili needs to get in the you know the time machine. One of the things that separates the NBA from the other major sports is that. You can't get hot and have a great game plan and surprise somebody and keep the emotion going over the course of a seven-game series the way that you can in other sports. You know, in the in the NFL, for instance, Bill Belichick can come out with a game plan with an unman, you know, with an undermanned team, and he can probably figure out a way to beat you. Mm-hmm. If he had to do it four out of seven times over the course of two weeks, that's a completely different animal. The thing that makes the NCAA championship, you know, for basketball so much more exciting is that it's one shot. Mm-hmm. And as you see Sunday night, you know, on, you look at that game on paper, and if you play that game 50 times, Cleveland probably wins 47 or 48 mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. But they can't do it three more times. That's It's just impossible. It's not going to happen. So that's the NBA, 99% of the times, the better team comes out of a particular series. And we all love Game 7s. The reason we love Game 7 is because anything can happen. Right. But it's the problem is, is that those things have to align and at some point have to happen three other times, Game 1 through 6, and it just doesn't happen very long. So, yes, generally the better team is going to find a way to get four out of those seven victories. Every once in a while something crazy happens – but it's just not a regular occurrence. Now, when you talk about big threes, I do think that it's fair to say that right now on paper, in a vacuum, if I'm playing a video game, all right, and I want three guys off of one team to start my team with, Golden State's probably the guys that I'm going with. But I'm also not sure that if I'm looking and I want to win a championship and it's real basketball on a real floor, on a real 10-foot rim – that it's not those Cleveland guys with 
LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love. That, that's an awesome, awesome core for your team. And the way that the front office there has rounded it out is pretty impressive. People are sleeping on this Cleveland team and the and the depth that they have and the folks that they can roll out there. We're talking about Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson was the fourth pick in the draft. Tristan Thompson is a quality power forward. No doubt. He and when you it. look at and, and if you look at it in a vacuum, you look at, at how the Golden State team is rounded out. That Golden State team starts Zaza's Pachulia at center. Tristan Thompson starts in the post for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'll take Tristan Thompson, please, yeah. every single time. Golden State, it's not as deep as they were last year, too. They added a superstar, but it was at a cost. Yeah, absolutely. And if you get into a deep into, like, let's say you get to a game 6-7 in the finals against a Cleveland team, now I was hoping that they would be rested, but then they dropped this one. And that's what hurts. Yes. That's what hurts. I'm glad you made that point. You know, you lose, and it hurts because you lost it in Cleveland. When you'd basically rip these guys' hearts out. And that's the thing that kind of stinks about the situation because Cleveland had set the table to go ahead and finish this up. You know, Golden State's not going to be, not going to lose to the Spurs. So they're going to be the ones that are sitting, but they need the rest because they're not nearly as deep as they were last year. Agreed, 100%. And that's something that, that is lost in this is that Golden State is not a deep team. You know, Iguodala coming off the bench is still one of the most underrated weapons in basketball. He really is. But Cleveland could have used the rest. And San Antonio, I think, is probably going to roll over. They're not going to trot Kawhi out there for, you know, down 3-0. That's not the, that's not the Spurs MO. They're going to back off. They're going to get ready for next season. I think you'll see them mail this in, as much as that hurts me to say that I'm going to have to suffer through watching that game. But I don't think that the Spurs are going to do it. I also think, though, that this Cleveland loss to an undermanned Celtics team acts as a wake-up call for the Warriors. And the Warriors look at it and say, hold up, let's not fall into the same trap. Right. But when you look at Cleveland, not only does Cleveland now have to pay at least a game five, Cleveland sacrificed the advantage they had against Golden State because they were playing the games behind them so they were or ahead of them rather so they were going to get a they were going to get an extra day's rest out of it but now you flip-flop that and you give Golden State a little bit a little bit of chance and this is a veteran team this is not a team that has to stay in rhythm you know all the rest of that stuff these are both teams that can deal with the rest they've shown it you know as both of them have plowed through the playoffs like you know i think one of the big differences in the starting five you were talking about Cleveland being talented and they are but if you look at Golden State's starting five if you take Draymond Green, he can get hot. He can hit threes. My man Lance Thomas, just kidding. <laughs> Clay Thompson, he is just, he can get on fire. Steph Curry, Durant. So you have four players that can literally catch fire from three point line. Cleveland does not have that. Corver went. That's what he's there for. He went more for five last night. He hits one more of this game. We might not even be talking about them losing this game. They have Kyrie that can hit. Threes, LeBron, and Kevin Love. There's three guys. You left J.R. Smith out of that. Well, J.R. Smith, he can be extremely streaky. There's nobody on Golden State that's streaky like J.R. Smith. Nobody. That's, that's fair. And I, I would think that most of the time, J.R. Smith got schooled a couple of times last night defensively. Golden State, as a starting five, is better defensively. 
the, I think what you need to be looking at going into these finals, once Cleveland gets there, is how does Golden State's defense match up with Cleveland's offense, and then there's some depth issues. Because if Cleveland gets up, last night it didn't work. Maybe that's something that LeBron was kind of trying out. Let me, Because I know that he thought that he was going to play one half and he was going to be on the bench, resting, icing up his knees, celebrating. And, you know, he's still kind of playing, distributing in the third quarter with a 21-point lead. It was just an odd finish, which I just don't think you're going to see again. Well, here's what I'll say about the, the matchups. Tristan Thompson – for the Cavaliers is going to be huge in the finals. If Tristan Thompson can play at a level that requires Golden State to to put Draymond Green on him, then the question becomes, what are you going to do with LeBron? Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is the guy that can cause issues. We'll explore that a little bit more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, so we're talking about the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors here in 2017 and kind of the dynamics of the two teams. But what I want to talk about for the next 15 minutes or so, Brandon, is where these teams stack up historically. We were talking yesterday as, as I was riding back from Georgia. Golden State is being anointed as one of the most talented rosters of all time. And I think that's a fair statement. But don't get it. Nobody needs to get ahead of themselves here. All right. When you look at this, we've got to keep it in context. All right, first and foremost, I'm going to go on the record and say that the 96-97 Bulls, the best NBA basketball team of all time, okay? They did essentially what Golden State did last year, went 72-10. and Yes, Golden State finished a game better than them, but then the Bulls plowed through the playoffs, won an NBA championship. And when you look at – when we talk in terms of big threes, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, with the level Rodman was playing at at that point and what he was willing to do – because it's one thing to find a guy that's that's talented enough to just rebound and play defense. It's a whole other thing to find a guy that's willing to do that. 
you think Ben Wallace back there with the with the um, the Detroit Pistons. Those type guys are invaluable, and when you've got guys that can fill up a stat sheet like Jordan and Pippen could, that team was sick. And right. You had you know Tony Kukoc was on that team. Um, they had great role players. That to me is the greatest team of all time. Particularly who they beat in the finals that year. They beat the Sonics. That was Sonics no team was nasty. Let me tell you something about them Sonics. I'm a I'm a big throwback. I'm I go back to the Michael Cage, uh, Pierce days. Um, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. That was Nate a game. McMillan. Nate McChillin Lane. Nate McMillan. You had the Percolator, Sam Perkins filling it up for three point line. You know, fellow Tar Hill. Let me tell you that game six was relatively close, and it felt like a game seven. That's how good the Sonics were that It was, and the Bulls in that series blew out to a 3-0 lead and then kind of took their foot off the gas, like what happened maybe a little bit here. But that was, I mean, the the Sonics come rolling back and did make it a good game six, but Chicago ultimately was able to put them to bed. But I'll take that 96-97 Bulls team over anybody. But there's some other teams that need to be factored into the equation as well. The Showtime Lakers, Mm -hmm. when you look at those rosters that they rolled out there and what they were able to do as a franchise to keep that talent together and then just always seem to add the perfect pieces to it, I'll take the 86-87 Lakers as probably in that top five conversation. Who else jumps out at you? Well, I pulled up a list. You pull up the top two right off the bat. Oh, well, look at there. And I did it without – you know, I did it off the top of my head. You, you did it without cheating. I mean, Now, the 86-87 Lakers, just for the kids that are out there listening, you're talking about Kareem still playing ball. Right. Magic, of course. James Worthy. Michael Cooper. Byron Scott. Michael Thompson coming off the bench. People forget mm-hmm. Michael Thompson was a franchise player in San Antonio. Kurt Rambis. Uh, Kurt Rambis. Yeah, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Rambis. Kurt, Kurt came Rambis. in. He was one of those guys. Came in and and first of all, if somebody was given you know Johnson or, or Worthy or somebody grief, Rambis come in. You know was going to throw a bow. You know knock him down. Do do whatever it took to to get him back in line. Trust me, they would send Rambis out when they were playing against the Celtics, and he would just ask uh, Robert Parrish about Kurt Rambis. Yeah. Well, I I will say this that. And it's their lack of depth that would keep me from putting them right up there at the at the one two spot. Right. But you look at those mid eighties Celtics teams, that is as good a starting five as there's ever been in the NBA. Right. You're looking at Bird, McHale, Parrish, DJ, and Danny Ainge. That starting five seemed to be there as the starters in Boston. God, it seemed like ten years. Right. But those guys as a starting five as a unit, they had this and and that's a that's a thing where it wasn't the necessarily the the sum of the parts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those guys just they all had their role. They all had a comfort level with one another. They you know they could communicate with with just you know looking at each other. That Celtics team or those Celtics teams were pretty nasty. The eighty five eighty six Celtics probably the best of the bunch, but no depth. I mean for a while there was you know. The sixth man was Jerry Sheesting coming off the bench. You know, Bill Walton was the sixth man at some point for those. But those guys, you know, those guys were going to go out there and play 38, 42 minutes a night, and they were going to they were going to beat you, and they were going to beat you ugly. Well, and I think that gets back to our original conversation about putting the you you not wanting to anoint Golden State as this super team yet because they have the star power, but you also have to have that team element. And what reminded me of that is you take the 88, 89 Detroit Pistons. Yes. 
they had some stars in Isaiah Thomas, but they were the original Isaiah Thomas, by the way. Yeah, the original, the OG <laughs> that would take this one's launch. Um, he would act. Never mind. He, he and then would so have kissed at, him on the cheek, right? He would have kissed him on the cheek. But I mean, that was a team that had Joe Dumars that was really hot. Yep. But I don't think anybody would consider him a, a like a superstar. Dumars. I mean, uh, Dumars, Dumars at one point was probably the. Well, I don't know, man. Dumars was nasty. You know, my favorite player on that team was Vinny Johnson, mm-hmm. the microwave. The microwave he coming just off come the bench, in. dude. Fired <laughs> he, up. But I didn't, to round out, you had Dennis Rodman just going back. That's what people forget is how good Rodman and Sally were, yep. you know, before Rodman went to Chicago and, you know, with all the craziness surrounding him and all the hoopla, Rodman as a kid, him and Sally came in as rookies together. Those guys were sick, man. And then you got Bill Lambeer, who everybody hated. Yep. And then that same year, they picked up like an all-star in Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. He was on the he was on the downside of his career. Who did but they Who did they trade for Mark Aguirre? I can't even remember. Adrian Dantley. Oh no, I do remember that. Now. Yeah, that was on a, I think a thirty for thirty. I do remember that. But Mark Aguirre came in and was a veteran presence. Had been down there, been the best player on some really good Mavs teams down there with Orlando Blackman and Derek Harper. Uh, Aguirre came to get a ring, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to come to Detroit, and those that Detroit team was nasty. And like you said, when you look star power wise, probably not any one of those guys that you look at and you're like, yeah, one of the best, you know, ten players in the NBA at at that time. Isaiah Thomas, I don't know. I, I would probably say Dumars was the best. If you if you're looking at one guy, I would probably say Dumars was the best player on that team. Mm-hmm. But those guys were all comfortable in their role. They all had a you know common focus, common vision. They didn't really seem to care about what their numbers looked like. You bring up, and they would just beat the hell out of you. And you bring up Dantley. I think a lot of people think that that was addition by subtraction because Dantley, Adrian Dantley, something was wrong. Dantley had he, some diva in him. He had a little bit of diva. So there's addition by subtraction. Then you you can't be hurt by having Mark Aguirre on your team. Nope. Which I mean, he was. A star in his own right. Uh, he was on the downside, but he did what he needed to do to you know round yes, out sir. that squad. But you look at the top ten on the Bleacher Report. There's none of the new teams in, right? So no. all right, we're we're not going to move. We're not going to plow through that too fast because you are going to talk about the eighty two, eighty three Sixers. Yeah, Doctor J, baby, Doctor J, thirty two years old, no ring. That was the beef on Doctor J. Well, he's really good, but he's never gotten a ring. The Sixers go get Moses Malone. Mm-hmm. They add that to Mo Cheeks, Bobby Jones, Andrew Tony. That doggone Sixers team, buddy. I would love to see that Sixers team play Golden State Warriors. And the reason I would, first of all, I want to know. Golden State might play an entire seven-game series against the 83 Sixers and not get a single rebound. Mm-hmm. Moses Malone was a monster. One of the best old school back to the basket big men there's ever been. He came in there and famously said, "We're gonna go fo fo fo." <laughs> That's right. Well, they got their championship. Julius Irving got you know got to get to the top of the mountain so that there could be no dispute as to where his place in history was. But you're talking about Dr. J, and they say, "Well, Dr. J was old. He's only 32." He's 32. Yeah. Dr. J, Moses Malone, Mo Cheeks, Mo Cheeks on on Steph Curry. I would pay to watch that one-on-one because Mo Cheeks is as good a defensive point guard as I've ever seen. And he was a traditional point guard. He he was going to pass first. Mo Cheeks would disappear, but he would get you the steals in a time. You know, when you needed him most, he was going to distribute the ball, get it to the doctor. 
that team was nasty. Well, and Andrew Tony, who a lot of people don't remember, but he was averaging on between 19 and 20 points. Yes. And I didn't remember this until I looked it up, but they swept the Lakers. Yeah. Swept the Showtime Lakers, Lakers yes. I mean, I mean, I remember the faux, faux, faux. But I didn't remember. I mean, you just don't think of the Lakers getting swept out of the building like that. That Sixers team was something special. And Moses Malone, who had been a bit of a journeyman, I think he went after that and went to the went to the Bullets, the real Bullets, before they changed their name to that stupid They're still thing. the Bullets. They're, yeah, now they're back to being the Bullets in our hearts. But Moses Malone had his moment in the sun with, those, with that 76ers team. And that 76ers team, 82-83, when you talk about great – we talk about the Warriors. The Warriors have the star power. They can light up the doggone scoreboard. But when you start talking about it's funny because we're talking about, well, they're playing really good defense. They're playing phenomenal defense. No, they're playing defense, period, because they've gone through stretches this season where they just don't play a whole lot of defense unless you name Draymond Green. The Warriors play some defense, but you look at well-rounded teams, and we start talking about you know the 97 Bulls, the, you know, the 86 Celtics, the 83 Sixers. Those teams played both ends of the floor hard and well, and that's why I think it's it, you got to take a take a deep breath before you throw Golden State into that conversation. Now, if Golden State gets in there and they beat this Cavalier team, who has a a tremendous big three and is led by one of the best two or three players of all time, LeBron James, maybe Golden State's in that conversation. Well, I think you got to win the championship. Yeah. As I was going through this list, the one thing that's in common. With every team, as they went on to win the national, uh, win the title. world championship. So I mean, had Golden State had seventy three wins and beaten Cleveland last year, they would have to be on this list. Different conversation. And the question is, had they? Let, let's. Here is the other part of that conversation. If Golden State had won seventy three games and won a world championship last year, where's Kevin Durant? Right. Would yeah. they have made that addition, or was this a hey? We got to make sure that we don't have an issue getting over the hump. I don't know. I don't know if Golden State's, you know, if the front office philosophy was driven that way, but historical perspective. And yeah, that's what we're that's what we're here to lend to the listening public. That's right. He doesn't go there. Um, we're about to wrap up, but he doesn't go there because they would already have that ring. And I think he's, even though I feel like he's sold out by going to Golden State, he did State, sell out, but no more than you know, LeBron sold out to go down to Miami it's with a big way for his posh. It's a big difference, but. All right, I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. June 3rd, we'll be playing dodgeball at the Armory on Wicker Street in downtown Sanford. 50 bucks per team. Every nickel goes to Alzheimer's Research. We hope you can come hang out with us. Buffalo Wild Wings will be providing food. Thrivent Financial Mm. will be sponsoring WDCC and From the Cheat Seats. Check us out on Facebook, From the Cheap Seats. We love you guys. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu. Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 